With legalization sweeping the nation, it's important to know where and who your cannabis products are coming from. With Bobby's Buds, he's putting his damn name right on it. Originator of the Fago-flavored cannabis concentrate cartridge, highly sought after, truly trusted, powerfully potent cannabis products. Bobby's Buds, he's the plug's plug. Hit him up on Instagram at BobbyTheBarber1. Catch Bobby's Buds and 656 Records this September as they host the most exciting cannabis and hip-hop lifestyle festival in the Northeast, 656 Fest. Visit 656fest.com for more information. What up, heads? Salute to everyone out there. My name is Chuck Reeves. I am... The Beast Host, and once again, we prepare to step through the wobbly Wayback Portal to revisit, remix, and redo another motherfucking blast from the past. This is The Beard Speaks Again, number seven. I want to give a huge shout out to everyone who streamed last weekend's historic replay of the ROC interview. I was actually chilling in Sterling Heights at Astronomicon in Michigan with that exact same man reminiscing whatnot. He has great memories of that interview, and uh, so do I. I can't wait to have that dude on the show at some point again. The audio format, shit continues to grow. I want to give a shout out to everybody who's been streaming it, no matter what digital service platform you've chosen, whether that's Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, whatever the platform, make sure you're hitting it with a follow, a like, maybe you leave me a good review. Whatever method that that specific artificial intelligence, Skynet, robotic, Hal from 2001 motherfucker uses to call my shit good. Get at the social media for up to the minute beard news and scheduling info. Direct your mobile browsing machine to at Beard. That's Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. Don't miss none of this beard shit. Today on the new shit, old shit show. We revisit the week of May 2nd, 2017. A lot happened in the world of clowns in a lot of ways. The official announcement of the Carnival of Carnage show that went on later that year. The release of the first true diss tracks from Psychopathic Records directed towards Magic Ninja. And Necro very publicly dropped out of the Juggalo March and began trashing Psychopathic in the process. So heads, tune your shit back to episodes 10, 11, and 12 Big Baby wants his money, motherfucker. The beard speaks again. Now. Oh, come on, he's a miserable cocksucker, fucking asshole. You hate him, admit it. Today, though, we're going to talk about these big money juggalos I see out there. Apparently, there's been a shift in the general financial compensation demographic of juggalos out there. Because definitely at least two things out there right now are of the definite high-end variety number one comes courtesy of my girl wendy cordova over on facebook a website called roseandgoodfaith.com started advertising a 770 dollar icp t-shirt now upon some investigation roseandgoodfaith.com is a very very high-end hipster vegan gluten-free non-gmo cruelty free sewing fucking uh boutique in northern l.a I doubt they got proper authority to fucking print these shirts. I mean, look at this guy. You ever seen a Juggalo drive a Bentley? Come on, fam. You got to slap a hatchet man on that motherfucker. 
Now, like I said, these shirts are all low run, super high end, super high quality material, uh, exposed sleeves, and uh, they say handmade with care. Rose in Good Faith describes itself as limited run, experimental luxury, handcrafted to perfection. Now, I don't know if anybody on that team over there at Rose in Good Faith is a juggalo or a juggalette, but I fucking highly doubt it. And in this day and age, when J-Webb is sending cease and desist letters to guys making low-cost CDs, I would really hope that if Psychopathic Records didn't license their likeness to this company for these high-end t-shirts, they're trying to go for some sort of a piece of it. I hit up the company both on Instagram, on one of these photos, as well as Twitter. I got no answer as to what the actual size of the production run on this particular piece was. So it could have been three, but it could have been 30. So the amount of money they made on these at $770 a piece, and I don't know how many they would have sold realistically, but this is obviously not a low-class business. However, what I see here, unless they were properly licensed by Psychopathic, regardless of the price, is bootlegging. And I know back in the day, Billy Bill would flip over a fucking table, take all your shit, and sell it or fucking give it away to everybody at a show. So I really fucking hope that Rose in Good Faith is getting a phone call or a visit or something from some juggalos or from Rob and Joe Bruce or Billy Bill from the company in some form to try to get this shit rectified because motherfucking bootlegging is bootlegging regardless of how much you charge for it. I mean, who out there's really got $770 for a t-shirt? I know some collectors out there would, but this is definitely not a collector's piece. I can almost guarantee the whole purpose of using ICP on this t-shirt was pure irony, as if you look at any other pieces that actually feature graphics are things like Donald Trump and just random fucking unicorn shit and rainbows. So I don't know, man. I normally don't suggest people go over there and bother heads, but maybe we go over there and we bother these motherfuckers for bootlegging icp at a time when they literally need every dollar they could fucking get so maybe they can either agree to kick back to the fucking clowns or we can just go ahead and harass them until they do if you're into that fucking idea get on twitter hit them up rose in good faith get on instagram same deal rose in good faith use that hashtag pay the clowns i normally wouldn't be behind something like this but you know fucking what you can't bootleg and especially you can't bootleg for 770 dollars something i could make at home for 17 cents now if your pockets ain't fat enough for the nearly 800 limited run bootleg motherfucking t-shirt icp.com through the hatchet herald this week announced that tickets were gonna be going on sale for the carnival carnage show now this isn't the first we've heard of a carnival carnage show on november 27th of last year Fago Lovers printed a Hatchet Herald describing a Carnival of Carnage show that was going to be used at the top tier donation level prize for a Kickstarter that was going to be supporting a documentary about Juggalos put together by a woman named Brianna Sanchez. Now, Brenna Sanchez is a Detroit native and she's an award winning documentary filmmaker. Her last big film, Burn, which was about Detroit firefighters, won major awards all over the independent film circuit. And they described that she had started a documentary about Juggalos that was about 60% complete. And that she was requesting funds with the help of Psychopathic Records through this Kickstarter to finish that movie. They described that Carnival of Carnage would be performed in its entirety start to finish for a very limited number of Juggalos up to 500 people at a new club in southwest Detroit where ICP got their start. Now, here we are, however many months later, and ICP.com is announcing that the Carnival of Carnage show will be going down 
with a few slight changes. First of all, this is not part of some Kickstarter campaign. All ticket sales are going through insaneclownposse.com, so I would assume directly through the company. The difference between that and a Kickstarter is Kickstarter takes a percentage of all money raised. However, they also guarantee that money raised is used for the purpose at which it was raised. In this case, Psychopathic Records has given anybody any such guarantee. This is what's been advertised. Saturday, August 26, 2017, at the L Club, Southwest Detroit. That's 4114 Werner, right there where they got their fucking start, right in motherfucking Mexican town. Now, like I said before, from previous discussions on the topic, I believe the ticket number is capped at 500 people. The bill is ICP performing Carnival of Carnage in its entirety. Now, I do not believe it's going to be the only time, and the only reason I say that is because in the most current Hatchet Herald announcing this show, they specifically use first time ever. You can check out the link and look at it for yourself. It says the first time ever Carnival of Carnage will be performed, not the only time. However, the only time more exclusive part of this show seems to be that the opening act is the Inner City Posse. And that's going to be fucking Jay and Shags performing the Dog Beats Maxi single start to finish, okay? Now, tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. I don't fucking know what time. I assume early Wednesday, May 3rd. Now, here's the rub. Tickets are $250 a piece. I know what you're fucking saying, man. $250. If they sell this thing out at 500 tickets, $250, that's $125,000. Not bad for one night's work, Jay. Now, a couple weeks ago on the Juggalo show, when Jay went on his sucking text dick and attacking Magic Ninja rants, he also discussed this show, and he claimed at the time that any money raised was going to be used for the production of a documentary about Shag's brother. Now, those are my, that's where my questions start with this fucking thing. What happened to the Juggalo documentary that was going to help us out so much in our anti-gang fight? What happened to helping her? What happened to going through a Kickstarter, like you said originally, so at least we know that we have some sort of guarantee that this show is actually going to happen as advertised? Now, don't get me fucking wrong. It's cool. And if I didn't think I'd be removed immediately and I had the money to blow at 250 a ticket, I'd be there in a motherfucking heartbeat strictly to see them perform without paint. But musically, there's almost no songs on either one of these sets that we haven't heard before. I've seen ICP do dog beats a few times as, well, as far as that song, and I can't see that set being much longer than that. And most of us know Carnival back to fucking front. But like I said, at this point, there's too many non-guarantees about this show. First of all, they have to make the memorabilia factor much, much greater. Perhaps make the tickets some sort of hard physical thing, kind of like what you can get at the circus these days. Perhaps the $250 includes a VIP experience, which I'm not sure it does at this point. I think they definitely need to set off some sort of cell phone jammer and turn the Wi-Fi in the building off so nobody can stream be streaming this fucker live. And I think for $250, Psychopathic and ICP should guarantee that they're not going to turn this into some $12 a ticket tour later. Now, as much as I like the show, as much as those questions are in my mind, there are some definite practical problems with when this is scheduled and the other things they have on either side of it. The August 23rd date is literally almost one month or three weeks exactly from the gathering and then three weeks before the march. So in a six-week time period, Psychopathic Records expects all true motherfucking juggalos to be in Oklahoma for the gathering, be in Detroit for the $250 a ticket COC show, 
and then be in fucking Washington, D.C. for the march and free concert afterwards, which it seems like all information has dried up about. So what's the real motherfucking deal here? Is this a money grab? Is this really the summer of 17? Are we really, really trying to do this march? Is that money really going to some movie about Shaggy's brother? We've all seen the piece of shit cinematic follies that have come out of Psychopathic before. Do we want to trust these guys with $125,000 of our money to make a documentary about somebody nobody knows? I contacted Brendan Sanchez on Twitter. I didn't receive an answer about whether she was even still working on a Juggalo documentary. But definitely, with the potential to raise $125,000 in one day on the COC show, I would expect Psychopathic Records and Billy Bill to perhaps use that money towards the march and make that public because that would definitely get heads out because you got money from juggalos who are obviously high roller lows to go to a show like that benefiting all juggalos and i thought that's what 2017 was about on an unrelated note if you've seen this motherfucking tricycle report as the local authorities apparently the mighty death pop trike was stolen from DCG Con. They had a bunch of props out there for people to fuck with. This was one of them. People were riding it around, and somebody rode it all the way back to their fucking crib. So if you see this bike, let the let the authorities know. I see some fucking Craigslist postings that popped up in various cities. They all seem to have been faked. We're looking for proof of life on this bike, people. So if you've seen it, hit us up. Apparently, it didn't start its life with ICP. According to this comment from Magic Ninja CEO George V., Seems like the trike was made in his living room out of colored duct tape and paint. Props to him for such a wonderful work of art. Props to everybody looking for the tricycle. And props to everybody trying to raise money for the purchase of a new tricycle. That's about the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard. Shouts to all my 17 percenters out there. I hope you all got jobs. You're not a real juggalo unless you travel three quarters across the country in fucking six weeks. But today, no L's here. Just a bunch of question marks and motherfucking head scratches. What up, heads, and welcome to this, the 11th episode of The Beard Speaks. My name is Chuck Reeves. I'm the East Coast Beast host. And once again, man, the uh, the whoop gods from above, the 17 percenters, whatever you want to call the karma that is 2017, has delivered unto me yet another glorious episode. Last night, May 6th, uh, late, probably close to midnight, I think it was, Necro announced via his Facebook page that he was no longer in support and he was no longer going to be attending the Juggalo March like he previously committed to. He said in the post that the whole thing related to something involving him and Psychopathic not being able to come to terms involving a business arrangement and that the love and relationship he has for the Juggalos will go on as it has in previous years with really no change. Now, this definitely isn't surprising to me, as I was definitely more surprised when I saw him to be one of the first committed performers to do the march back when the list was still posted. Now, obviously, he couldn't just post something cryptic like that without getting into more detail. We all know fucking Necro. And down in the comments section, he explained that an extremely, extremely lowball offer from Psychopathic and the Clowns that was not open for negotiation is the reason that he's pulling his support for the march and his participation. When a few 17 fucking percenters pressed him for more information, Necro went in on Psychopathic, saying that they were all about the money and that this is what led to his change of heart about the march, and that he would no longer support ICP or Psychopathic Records or any of their moves until they decided to show him proper respect. 
He further explained to originally agreeing to do the march, but once he received such a lowball offer on a tour that the clowns are expected to make one half million dollars on, that that was the final straw and that he could no longer do business with these guys. Now, of course, Necro is no stranger to going off on rants on social media, as we all know. So when 17 percenters started infiltrating his comments, pressing him for more and more information, he went into even more detail, explaining that ICP was due to be getting paid $500,000, a cool half million, for the 25-show run with Ghetto Boys. The offer he received to open that tour was barely enough to cover his expenses, and it was in no way negotiable with Psychopathic. He had already agreed to do the March and Cypher for free, and he felt that was plenty to get a reasonable offer from Psychopathic to open this tour. Necro went on to say that ICP does nothing unless it benefits themselves first and foremost, and was definitely not doing the march just for the Juggalos. And then obviously, he's done giving fucking Jay free shit after giving him a free verse and a free tour back in 2010. Then he took a little shot at the COC ticket price. He really kept it fucking infinity in this post, explaining how he had love and paid dues for ICP, but he had to draw the line at this. He's not a sucker, and due to him not being a sucker, he won't be part of any aspect of the march. While talking about his overall experiences with Psychopathic, now and in the past, he described their non-negotiation method as goddamn disrespectful, especially in terms of things like gathering slots. Then he basically advised, unless you're absolutely thousand percent desperate, don't do business with these guys. Now, anybody who knows Necro's history with ICP knows that they've always had a rocky, rocky relationship. As early as 2013, I know for a fact Necro was on Facebook ranting about how Juggalos are the first people to talk shit whenever something goes down, and how even though he toured with ICP, and that Violent J claimed on multiple occasions Necro was his favorite rapper, he never got treated as such, and was never even in a position to form a connection with those guys, even though they toured and collabed together. Then, in January of 2016, Fagel Lovers reported that Necro had said on Facebook that it was doubtful he was ever going to play The Gathering again because, and I quote, Psy don't pay right. And that their non-negotiation tactic also included his demands for a main stage slot over 1am shoved in some tent, as he put it. Now, of course, somebody had to fucking bring up Twisted because every time anything goes down with the clowns, some 17%er out there has got to fucking compare it to Twisted. And Necro said that he's got an unfinished track, but he's been delivered two killer verses from those guys and a fantastic beat from whoever's got producing. It's going to be part of his upcoming Collabos project, along with features from Mad Child, Cool Keith, and SDKMC's Snack and Mercules. Now what's this mean? It means Necro's fucking mad again, and anybody who knows what's been going on over the years between Necro and Psychopathic should have saw this coming the minute his fucking name showed up on that list like I did. I mean, like I said, I was so surprised when I saw him as one of the first confirmed acts. He's notoriously been anti-Juggalo in some aspects of his fucking career. It's not hidden, it's not a surprise, but he's also been given a very hit or miss response from Juggalos. I know a lot of Juggalos who are PLR fans, fans of his record label, fans of himself, fans of Mr. Hyde. But I also know a lot of Juggalos who can't stand that motherfucker. And that tour that they speak of in 2010, I believe, was Necro, Kitty, and ICP. And it probably goes down as one of the absolute worst tours in history. But hey, I don't know. But to Necro, I say, again, man, are you finally going to learn your fucking lesson this time? Seems like every time you turn around, 
Necro and any dealings he had with Psychopathic previous to this and including now have turned out shitty. He bitched about the way his verse was mixed on the fucking Violent J collab, okay? He bitched about Juggalos being the first fucking shit talkers. He bitched about ICP's business practices as early as 2013 and was continuing to talk shit about them last summer when he didn't play the gathering because he didn't like his fucking spot. So anybody who's surprised by this, go drink some Fago, have a good fucking time. I don't know what this means. I don't think anybody's going to follow him out the door. I don't believe Necro to be that influential. But Necro has made his own way without Juggalo support. And his roads and success overseas dwarf anything the clowns have in those markets. So anybody trying to argue that maybe Juggalo's made Necro, I haven't seen anything like that. And I really hope I don't. Because that would be the most ridiculous 17% or bullshit I ever heard. Now, what will ICP and Psychopathic say about this? Maybe something, maybe nothing. Something tells me somebody's going to try to assign Necro some whack points for this one. But I don't give a think Necro gives a fuck. And I really hope ICP isn't willing to go to war with yet another record label and another independent MC that's got 20 fucking years in the game. Because at this point, that would make three active wars going on on three different fronts. Now, you can say what you want about Necro falling off or whatever in recent years. I don't believe that's entirely true, but it's definitely not going to be the result of anything Juggalo-related that if he falls any further. But I really believe that this is the attitude of most of the artists in the fucking march right now. If things go south with them business-wise later, they're really going to regret exposing themselves to this possible PR disaster. So what's this going to lead to? Is anybody else going to drop out of the march? You know I'm going to have my eye out for it. I got some guests coming up on the show that are involved in the march. I'm going to have some definite questions for them, especially related to this. I definitely think it's a fucking money grab. If they're due to make a half a million dollars on the 25 dates of the Ghetto Boys tour, along with the $150,000 for the one-night COC program, then gathering tickets and whatever else they're banking during the third and fourth quarter of 2017, maybe it will be raining diamonds over on Psychopathic. But hey, at least we got some March news, right? Today, Joe Bruce, as usual, without fail. Twisted's getting ready to go out on the road. They're literally pulling out on the buses as we speak to head towards Baltimore for the first night of the Psychomania tour. And Joe Bruce uses this fucking opportunity to go completely off the fucking deep end and release six foot, seven foot. The second, I guess, in what he said is three cover songs they're releasing. This one being a cover of a 2011 Little Wayne song featuring Corey Guns. Now, first of all, it's kind of a played out beat. That beat was shitty when it fucking came out. It's fucking shitty now. As Crazy McCormick pointed out, he failed to mention the Little Wayne connection for whatever reason, but he definitely picked up on that Harry Belafonte Banana Boat song sample. Um, Jay's definitely not the first motherfucker to use it, and he probably wasn't the one millionth motherfucker to use this beat, where I bet if you type six foot seven into fucking SoundCloud, every retarded internet rapper has their own fucking version. But that's neither here nor there. Lyrics-wise, he actually came kind of the way I would hope in a situation like this. However, he does just start off talking about the Duke's dick again, which didn't we just put up with an entire single of him just talking about how he fucks bitches? And without too much delay, the Duke turned his sights right on Magic Ninja. Some haters cause it's ICP, they hear and know this, and downgrade their record companies like retards. Otis. As you can see, Joe included pictures of fucking Blaze, Boondocks, Twisted, 
and Otis, saying that by signing him, they downgraded their label. But as anybody who fucking knows what Otis does, I believe it was quite the upgrade getting a producer, engineer, and artist the caliber that that man is and the caliber that he has shown. Everything you need just drop a complete miss. miss. But George Daddy's pocket's deeper than the abyss. Nice offices, a studio that everyone uses. So you must be magic. Every move y'all make loses. Now taking these shots once again after fucking the whole Juggalo show debacle with the tech situation is just fucking retarded. Apparently they sent somebody out to the motherfucking MNE office to take a picture of it so they could Photoshop it to include it in this motherfucker. I don't know why they would go ahead and do all this corny bullshit all the fucking time. This is literally some fucking Juggalo memes bullshit. As you can see, they got Psychopathic's crack fucking graphic design team on this shit with their fucking MS Paint version of the Magic Ninja logo. They added the Will March for Money sign there with the phone number. Uh, the phone number 248-434-5508. If you call that number right now, you get a message that sounds awfully like you're getting rickrolled. However, I've heard some unconfirmed 17% or rumor that that number is actually the number for the Magic Ninja office. And if he did that, that's a cocksucker move. It also says something about Otis and the motherfucking circular thing there on the window. I tried to zoom in on it, but like most of their motherfucking graphics, this shit is god-awful. He says that everything that Magic Ninja drops is a complete miss. However, I gotta beg to argue with the Duke here, because we got billboard numbers and things like that back in their releases up, and nothing of the like from you guys. Along with saying everything's been a miss, he's saying that somehow George's dad, his pockets are deep and thereby financing the shit over there at Magic Ninja. He proceeds to diss their fucking office digs, saying that they got an office and studio that everyone uses. Well, my question to that is, then what the fuck's the Lotus Pod? If you don't have one studio everybody's using, what's your fucking point? But that's the thing, Jay. He's wrong on this one, too, because Gmo records primarily in the Bay Area, as does Gorilla Voltage. So saying that everybody uses the office and shit is a damn fucking lie. But on top of that, it would also not even be a diss. I don't see what Joe's fucking point to most of this is. He dissed George by saying uh, his father's got deep pockets. If anybody didn't see the abyss, abyss, anybody catch that? He said his pockets are deeper than the abyss. I'm pretty sure he's talking about George's dad have deeper, having deeper pockets than Alex Abyss, the previous CEO of Psychopathic Records. Now, who drives by an office and takes a picture of it anyway? Like, what kind of shit is that? You were the ones talking about you had cars and you were going to go over there and put a boot in somebody's fucking ass. But from what I understand, you guys are taking pictures from the parking lot. And when people come outside to say, hey, what's up, fam? Thinking you're fans, you scurry away like little bitches. I'm trying to fuck with me, Peyton. She always hating, though. Whatever. No, but cock swallow, blow the product gay strong. I'm trying to hit that nut and I don't want to do no gay song. You look Violent Joe then decides to go in on a couple of female rappers saying that he wants to fuck Whitney Payton, but she's hating using a little cut out of her with fucking somebody's mouth in the fucking cut out there. He says something about Snow the product and then he says something about Nova Rockefeller, which, hey, 17 percenters, if you didn't catch that, that's what we call a confirmation of fact. I think every single one of you motherfuckers out there threatening Nova and her boyfriend, Tom McDonald. Owe them people a fucking apology because Joe Bruce just said it. He'd been trying to fuck. At the end, though, he kind of disses the whole group of them by saying, I just want the pussy and I don't want to do no gay song, which means he doesn't want to fucking collab with any female rappers because he thinks they're whack. He just wants to fuck.
This shit's like Duke's dick level fucking four. Set Duke's dick level four. He mentions a lot of bullshit in this song. Apparently he mentions his drug diet that consists of Adderall, which most people know at this point that he's addicted to, Viagra, and Molly. Whether he's putting this out in some sort of self-depreciating method in order to get it out there before it comes out anyway, I don't know. But he's kind of a fucking clown shoe after for years and years preaching against shit like that. I counted no fewer than seven instances where Jay referenced his dick. So I use this and present this as evidence that we are at Duke's dick condition four. And then strangely, for some reason, after about three minutes of Violent Jay talking shit about everyone and everything that may have possibly somehow crossed him either real or perceived in the last year, we get the new guy, Light. Now, this being Light's first official release from Psychopathic is kind of a fucking mystery to me because why you would put him on a diss song that's d directly targeting basically half the possible fan base for this kid, you're immediately setting him up for failure. If you check out the video and you listen to his entire verse, it doesn't even fit within the confines of what Jay was rapping about, which makes me believe Jay just said to the kid, look, drop a 16 over this, make it hard, bah. And the kid probably never even heard it. So the idea that he's been dragged in de facto by Joe Bruce into this beef the dumbest fucking thing I ever heard of because from what I understand Light didn't know the difference between Jay and Shags a year ago he might not today I mean his raps are pretty generic it's a lot of fucking gun bars for what I would call juggalo shit but hey I'm just an average juggalo but I do know a couple of things a lot of people are talking about his look I mean it sure as fuck is interesting so there you go we got Violent J, we got the new guy Light, we got two bars by Shaggy, something about something, doesn't matter, didn't matter enough for fucking Jay to not kick his ass out of the song. But we got these two clowns, one an actual clown, one just looking like a clown at this point, and I don't know what the fuck they wanted to accomplish with this, because all their disses were homophobic and kind of stupid, as you can see by this. I mean, come on now. Using a rainbow with a stick figure drawing of two guys butt-fucking that says Year of the Sword. Are we fucking six, Joe Bruce? Are we fucking six? You, could, you couldn't even fucking... You couldn't even get your graphics guys to run up something good? Like, I'm fucking... I feel disrespected just by the quality of the disses here. But I feel way, way more fucking disrespected by what we're about to talk about. Name that pedophile couple of fucking months ago almost a year ago at this point i think we're dealing with about eight months a lot of us online got pissed when we found out this man will sigler was employed by psychopathic records will sigler according to court records forcibly received oral sex from a 13 year old girl at gunpoint after years and years of psychopathic trying to tell us and teach us not to be about the pedophile life and to kill these motherfuckers and beat them down, they used to powerbomb a pedophile through a table on stage. After years of that, we found out that for years, they had been employing someone convicted of this crime. 
Now, that'd be just one thing. But the other thing is, this guy's not on the federal sex offender registry. And the reason for that is, when he was convicted of his crime was prior to the enactment of Megan's Law, the federal law that requires all sex offenders to require on a federal registry for their entire lives. At the time of his conviction, he took a deal that included a six-year listing with his name coming off at the end of six years. When they attempted to keep his name on the federal list for the entirety of his life, Will Sigler sued the motherfucking federal government and the state of Ohio and got himself removed from the list. That created a loophole, a loophole by which hundreds, if not thousands of convicted pedophiles got taken off the federal list due to state fuck-ups. When we found this out, or when it became at least fucking my information, we, we pushed really, really hard for an explanation from psychopathic records as to why they were employing a convicted child rapist. We never got an explanation. We just got a, he's no longer with the company. Well, guess what, everybody? I saw him today in the six foot seven video. There he is right there. You don't see him? You don't see him? There he is right there. You don't see him? Look, they got his... Look, you don't see him? Oh, that's right. Because he's motherfucking in goddamn disguise because they know putting his face on anything would be a PR fucking disaster after what happened last summer. But you know what? They still got him in this picture in the office. Now, let's see who else is in this picture. Oh, look. Rude boys in this fucking picture. After all the shit Rude Boy said on the Juggalo show about the Will Sigler situation, the fact that these two men are in the same fucking room makes my stomach turn. I've never seen more fake bullshit in my life than this fucking picture right here. Who else is in this fucking picture? Let's see. Oh, look. Paris Jackson's in this picture. But apparently, you know, they can't have Blase Rose in the goddamn shit either. Now, I know what you're saying, Chuck. That could be anybody. And I, you know what, I'd agree with you too. But then we also have this. Suicide. Notice, notice the blurred out face. Notice, notice the fucking, notice the fucking speed up. So you can't lock too much on any of his features. But I also want you to notice his motherfucking hairdo. And I want you to notice that even behind the blur, you can still sign to see that this motherfucker looks like a circumcised penis with hair growing out the tip. All right. But I also want you to note his fucking tattoos. The tattoos that in this fucking shot, they didn't cover up, okay? I want you to look at these tattoos, which include the little bang, pow, boom fucking guy here. The little fucking electro looking dude. And the riddle box on his other arm. I want you to notice those two, and I want you to compare it to the known fucking pictures that we have of this dude, okay? Anybody who thought Will Sigler was no longer working at Psychopathic is stupid. Jump Steady just put him in the fucking closet for a couple of months. He's not back. He just never fucking left. And every juggalo out there should be fucking dis like disgusted, should feel fucking disrespected, and should be getting on the fucking line trying to find out why they, are, they have a fucking convicted child rapist in their fucking video. This is some bullshit. All the other shit in this fucking video, all the shit we talked about with the disses, all the shit I made fun of fucking light, all that shit needs to be overshadowed by the point. Violent J and Jumpsteady are fucking with us now. 
They're literally spitting in our fucking faces. As a collective, the Juggalos kind of publicly, very publicly decided this motherfucker shouldn't be allowed anywhere near this. But guess what? We were just told that they were fucking observing our wishes. They didn't actually do anything about it. And this motherfucker's presence, I will never, ever, ever support anything they ever fucking do, including that new Shaggy album, which I was fucking excited about. Anybody with fucking kids out there, you need to fucking check yourself. If you're a fucking juggalo and you... Years! Years we got fucking told about this pedophile shit and how it was wrong and preaching all this shit. But then you're going to sign a motherfucker's checks. I don't give a fuck who he works for. Jump Steady, Rob Bruce, you're a fucking cocksucker. Fucking Joe Bruce, where the fuck, where the fuck is Billy? I want to know why we got an absentee CEO at fucking Psychopathic letting these motherfuckers parade the goddamn child rapist out during the new video. So... I don't know, man. I, 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 got, I got no fucking idea. Like, this whole thing started out funny to me because the video is kind of fucking funny. The lyrics, I'll, I'll tell you, were kind of funny. The childish nature of the graphics and the fact that they can't afford any fucking better is pretty fucking funny to me. This? This isn't fucking funny! It's not funny! Joe Bruce, Rob Bruce, some, fucking Rudy, somebody over at that fucking office, you need to answer up. For why the fuck the latest shit in the year of 17 involves a child fucking rapist. Don't make me start posting the goddamn screenshots I'm getting where Rudy's claiming he don't fucking know he that he didn't know that was him or that that's not him. Bitch, we know who that is. What the fuck? Are we stupid? Yo, man, I'm real sorry. Pedophilia and pedophiles. I'm the father of two. I don't. There ain't no room for that in this world, in this plane of existence. Psychopathic is in the wrong by employing a child predator, someone who was fucking sent to jail over these charges anywhere in their company, especially trying to fool y'all by putting him in a ninja costume or blurring out his fucking face. I'm gonna try to chill the fuck out. As we all know, the Carnival of Carnage show went off without a hitch. And if I didn't know better, I'd dare to say they took lots of my advice. Tickets weren't only hard copy, but they were also collectible and personalized. Phones, as expected, were prohibited from inside the venue. But where'd all that money go? Here we sit two years later and we're still waiting for any news on a John Kickjass documentary. The same way we wait for a lot of things from Psychopathic. Six foot, seven foot ended up paving the way for Gmo to flex his diss and battle skills against Violent J very shortly after this. And now we are experiencing the release of the Fearless Fred Fury album, an album full of subliminal disses and apparently inspired by all the beef and friction between Psychopathic and the rest of the world. Even though my opinions about these things haven't changed, the way I feel about them sure has. As I see some reflection of two years ago in the current record's marketing, I don't think anyone cares or really is surprised anymore. It's still unfortunate and still pathetic, and it's still happening, courtesy of Psychopathic Records. I want to thank everybody who joined me today, and I really hope you've enjoyed these weekendly retrospectives. There's a new beard coming on Monday, episode 212, with another personal pull and a blast from my past, good friend and old rhyme partner, Duddy motherfucking Divine. Make sure you tune in for that shit. 
So until next time, heads, phase back into this time space. The beard has spoken again. Heads, there's nothing more stressful than trying to get your entrepreneurial ship on in this world today. Whether you're a small business owner, an artist, a do-it-yourself entertainer, or anyone else with the need to spread your message, you know this. With all the current restrictions and metrics dictating what people see on the social media-driven internet, the tried-and-true traditions of physical media production and promotion have become as important as ever. But who's got the time? Who's got the time to stand at the damn print shop all day? I'll tell you who. Ruthless Aggression Promotions. At RAPromos.net, you can achieve all of your print promotional dreams using their easy-to-use online interface. Business cards, stickers, flyers, posters, even CD inserts and custom event tickets to complete your arsenal of promotional print needs. Regardless if it's a large-scale promotional operation or a small-scale product rollout, PJ and the RA Promo staff can use their 15 years of nationally touring entertainment experience to help you achieve your desired results. Look, if you really want to win here in the fucking simulation, you can't be passive. You gotta be aggressive. Ruthlessly aggressive. Hit up Ruthless Aggression Promotions now at www.rapromos.net and get your message directly into people's hands and wallets. RAPromos.net.